episode five of the 121 official UE podcast with myself, uh, Fadi, Daryl, and Terry. And today, our special guest, Martin Banks, has joined us as well, official Atletico Madrid manager. Um, how you doing, Martin? You all right? Yeah, great. Thanks, Fadi. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. Good to have you. Uh, we're going to start off, obviously, as we do every week, talking about our turns. Um, so, Terry, do you want to go yes, first? Yeah, uh, good turn. I was really, really happy. Uh, got a couple of agreed deals. Um, obviously, one with you, Faddy. Uh, we've got bringing Aaron Moy this week. So that's our playmaker sorted. Yeah. Um, Texaria comes in uh, in an agreed deal from um, Ruben Kazan. So that's a, a cracking free roll there. Uh, we brought in a couple of decent players as well. Yeah, good squad players, I, I would say. And scoutings were good. Scouts were good and plenty of risers. I think we had about 20, 15 to 20 round that sort of mark this week and won both games. So not too bad, not too bad at all. Very Darryl, nice, mate. Very nice. What, what, what's going on with you? This week? Um, mainly deals. I mean, I, I shut up shop, managed to sneak a, get a draw out of the cup. Um, lost in the league, better match ratings. Um, but it, it is still just sorting out the mess of this squad. But I've made... Um, I made some good signings this week, like actual first teamers coming in, cutting good youngsters, decent keeper, and I've also agreed a really massive deal this week. Over the week. Do, do you know what? These AR changes, uh, I, I did say it on a couple of podcasts before, but they've really thrown me, man. Like, yeah. I, I think they're at the right area now. I think this is where they should be. I think 63s, 70s is, is sort of the average instead of having 80s and 90s every week. But it's like... Your your best players will play in the eighties, but if someone plays in the nineties, like what are they? Are they god? Like <laughs> game how, of their how life. Do you look yeah, at yeah. That? Well, I'm looking at it like if my you know, I actually think I've had a good week this week and probably averaged like sixty five across the board or something. You know, when you take all the things. And I, before I would probably drop off the team for that, but I'm looking at the teams I'm playing and they're doing just the same. So, you know, I played really well in the cup at home. Um, the reins are getting better. The squad is starting to come together. Um, I got my first point, so I've got to take the small wins in it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I did. Um, um, yeah, I'm all right. I'm happy with where we are. Which, which is good. Uh, Martin, how was your week? A quiet one, I'd say. Um, ratings, what you say, talked about a minute ago, um, generally between the 70s and 80s. Um, I was at home, got two home wins. Thankfully, I needed to win after back to back league defeats away at. Uh, Barcelona and Juventus, so I needed to get three points, got three points, and uh, same with the Champions League, uh, a 3-0 win in there and a 1-0 win in the league. Uh, yeah, ratings, like I say, sort of 70s and 80s, um, I'm accepting that's a norm now, I think, which I think is pretty good, rather than 90s and high 80s, which we've seen in previous games, so mm. um, yeah, I'm happy this week. Um, no one's coming in this week at the moment as it stands. I've uh, got three players going out to clear a bit of um, debt for this week, just to tick over for next week. Um, and, and how much debt have you still got left? Um, I should be down to about 300 million um, after this week's t- uh, turns get, uh, deals go through. Just as much money as I've got left. Let's talk. That's yeah. <laughs> 300 million. Can you imagine? That's crazy. Like 300 million in debt, and I've got 300 million. In the plus. Sitting in your bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, though, I, I'm actually struggling to get rid of it. People have been 
boxing clever with their big teams to be fair so um i'm sure that will change though as it yeah well everyone apart from liverpool so um but we're not going to go there um (laughs) i won i just want to say i won gomez i fucking won gomez on the group chat today um and i handed it over to to andy because i'm a nice guy and he needed him more than me but i should have fucking just taken him i should have just just touch on that uh faddy um Carlos, the Exeter manager, actually asked me to ask you, how did you feel about having to sort of, yeah, you basically got Joe, Joe Gomez and you passed him on. How's, how are you feeling about that? Um, do you know what? I feel I feel gutted because obviously it's a 10-speed centre-back that, that's young and, you know, you could have done anything with him. But at the same time, I feel like, do you know in FM when you're playing and then like you do like an editor and you just bring one player in because... You know, you can't sign anyone because you're bored of tight-ass motherfuckers and you just yeah. need to get one player in. That's what I felt like. I felt like I was cheating. I felt like I was bringing a player in and I was cheating to get him in. And I was just like, no, I can't do it like that. Like, I, I want to just bid for a player normally. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's all good. Cool. Yeah, um, I was, so I was, yeah. saying, I was following that on, on WhatsApp and I was actually going to suggest... Um, perhaps they should have sold uh, Gomez to you, Daryl, being a Charlton fan. Yeah, he made it Charlton. Made in Charlton. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. I haven't read what's happened for the last couple of days. To be fair, mate, I I, I get lost. It. I look and it's like two hundred messages, and I'm like, I'll I'll check it later. And then it's four hundred messages, and I'm like, I can't. Mate, I can't. I'm looking at it right now. It's three hundred and thirty-seven. I can't be bothered. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So just, I want to talk about tactics this week. I really want to like sort of go into depth in terms of teams. Um, I know I'm, I'm not going to talk about my week because my week was was dreadful. I lost four three, um, uh, and I should have won. But anyway, it's another story. Um, so yeah, I want to go into a little bit depth for, into terms of tactics. So fluid midfield is is one of the the main tactics I want to talk about. Now, the way that it's interpreted is um, you need to have more midfielders than the other team. Now, how would you interpret it? interprets having more midfielders would you interpret it as having the guys that are in the middle of the park so your center mid playmakers and not counting your right and left mids um so then would it become a 3v2 um or do you count the wide midfielders and and look at it as becoming a 5v4 uh i I count them yeah for me i think yeah i would count all of them i think if i was I've always well we played fluid midfield when in the final game and we played five in the middle played four five one and we counted them all three roll wingers we included everything in that when we did that final so mm. yeah I would uh, I would I I count them all okay what about what about the other two yeah absolutely yeah um I'd, I'd also include um, wing backs as well um because I've long believed that when you're playing wing backs um they mm. step into midfield they effectively become wingers. Okay. So I'd also include them into the reckoning as well. So that that's that that drives a good point because there's um yeah. pressure play. I, I was gonna I was just gonna agree with um Martin there as well because I, I've always played wing backs and I do get that feeling as well that they sort of technically are wingers as they're going forward and I've done sort of fluid midfield play to wings whilst playing a sort of a narrow four four two. Um and it, it does work, I would on the proviso of, you know, you sort of, you do something to cover, so to speak, in, in midfield, say, um, with, with your anchor man, preferably. 
Yeah, which which again is a good good point. So not not pressure play because there was another conversation I was going to have, but attack on break. Um, so to cover what Martin's saying, he's saying about the wing backs obviously joining. They're they're counted mm -hmm. as defenders naturally, but when they join the midfield, they are technically midfielders. So you you should count the tactics that you're using with their stats as well. Now attack on break. If you actually read the breakdown of it, it says that this will work if your midfielders and forwards have the pace and movement. Now a lot of people don't. Um, look at that and look at their their strikers. They just look at their midfielders and be like, okay, their movement, their speed's nine. Fuck it, I'm going to play this tactic. Um, but there's a lot of tactics in this game that you need to look at your defenders and you also need to look at your strikers when you're using midfield tactics. Um, and I think attack on break is another one. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are about that. Yeah, agree. Completely agree. Yeah. I, I think right across the board, you you have to have You've really got to take it on board. Uh, I think again, what Martin was saying with uh, the fluid midfield, with the defend, the wing backs covering. I think obviously you you have to consider it with attack on break with with the strikers and that. It's, it sort of goes hand in hand. I also think that the inside forward potentially drops back into midfield and joins in the attack on the break as well, um, yeah. because he's got stats of a playmaker. And the book does uh, reference the inside forwards uh, dropping deep. So technically, yeah. they can. I think they can drop deep into midfield, kind of like a playmaker playing in the free roll position. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I think so and, and this is why two, this yeah. is another this is another thing with inside forward. For me, I think the best thing to have with an inside forward is link play. Now, if you you're playing centre forward, inside forward, for example, and you play link play, that inside forward drops off, picks up the ball. Um, and then you guys can either turn around and run at the fence or turn around and start creating space or you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But I just feel like when you play an inside forward, playing link play just allows you, again, another tactic that, that links the midfield to the to the attack. Yeah, I got a lot of joy out of that in 108 when I had um, Messi in between my two wide forwards. Oh, yeah, but you had Messi, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I, I, but it more, more so, yeah, it's sort of, in particular, what you're saying, it felt when you read, because I always read the commentaries, and it felt like he was dropping deep, and then collecting, collecting the ball and making things happen as he was going forward. He was linking it all up. Because mm. anyone I played around him also seemed to have a good game. I mean, I don't think that's just necessarily the effect of Messi. I think because I, I I believe it's a stats game completely. You know, that's just my opinion. So I think his high stats in that game and the position he played with the tactics he played complimented everyone else and i think that's why i had a lot of success with that in in 108 so there was one thing um that i was talking to um to ben about um and it, it was in terms of a, a team that played uh and won three nil uh both teams didn't play no sorry the team that he played against that scored no goals had a master tactic but the guy that won three nil didn't have a master tactic now i was like how important is the master tactic? How is he able to uh, actually still win games without having the master tactic in play? Uh, and and all of the, the other things that come with it. Ben's reply was, uh, the players that he played out wide both had 10 speed. One of them had flair, right? And to be fair, when I actually read the comments, all of his goals come from out, out wide and he played play to wings. So he goes, if he played play to wings as his master tactic as well, having two players that had 10 speed and having two defenders that he was playing against that had seven and nine speed, he's going to rip them apart all day. It doesn't matter if you've got a master tactic or not. So although the master tactic 
helps and benefits and allows you to elaborate on a second formation so you you emphasize on it a little bit more or you add a third one to to try and add more depth to 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 your midfield or your defense whatever it is if your team is better than the other team in certain areas you're going to win with a master tactic or not i don't know yeah, what your thoughts are on that yeah, yeah absolutely i think sometimes when there's such a golfing class uh, between the two teams as long as the strongest team has got their team set up balanced with the right formations right tactics then yet yeah, they probably don't even need the master tactic if you've got like i say uh, tens versus sevens and eights the tens are going to come out on top with or without a master tactic i agree yeah yeah i think so too i think that's what happened to me too like i knew there was a much better team i haven't really got the balance of my team so I tried to sharp, sharp and play everything defensive I could, but the other team obviously just put their tactics right in it. There so, are some games that you just, you can see you're not going to win. So I didn't actually use a master tactic myself this week. So, because I, mean, I was you, trying you, to just sharp, sharp. So, you know. You, you, did, you did in your, um, in your league Cup. game. You yeah, sharp, yeah. sharp. Yeah, so obviously I know you don't play like this naturally. So no, no, I'm, yeah. I'm just, just like, because I know my squad's so unbalanced. Yeah. I'm not looking at what would fit the squad. I'm literally just trying to shit house a couple of teams. You know what I mean? And yeah. hang in there, you know? <laughs> so we, we spoke about, obviously, t- uh, um, talking about and focusing on one team. So we just wanted to, this week, sort of have a little bit of focus on on your team this week, Daryl. Um, so as I've long got as you put work in progress after it. <laughs> it's definitely a work in progress. <laughs> I can tell you that much. 300 million still in the bank, mate. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Your your tactics this week, right, was um, zone of marking and defend deep, mm-hmm. uh, support defense and pressure play, mm-hmm. um, shoot on sight, defend from front, and then your master tactic was attack on break. Yeah. So, please, exp- I just want you to explain to me why you done support defense and pressure play as a midfield tactic. Um, so, as they were coming forward, I still wanted my players in my half um, to put pressure on the ball when it was in my half. And then the master tactic was meant to be once you've got the ball and go. You know what I mean? I yeah. kind of looked at the master tactic as like having a third option on something. Um, so the mm. idea was sit back, keep pressure on them in our half and then go when we've got the ball and hope that we sneak something, which we did, you know, we managed, you know, so in do, the cup game anyway. So, you know. Do you, um, not, do you not believe that pressure play and support defense counter each other no. in some senses? No. Because one, you're asking them to sit back and then the next minute you're telling them to go push forward and, and attack all of the I don't players. see pressure play. No, pressure play is to put pressure on players with the ball, though. Like, for me. Um, no, I don't see it as counter because it's two different jobs, isn't it? One for defence, one for when we've got the ball. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of how it I look at like, it. Um, it sounds like uh, sort of like that that thing in like i think he used to be in football manager they used to have it wasn't it with with ball without ball so to yeah. me that sounds like with ball you want to press pretty much without yeah. ball you want to you want to support your defense line exactly do you believe, do you believe so, yeah. that mm. do you do you guys believe that the actual tactics themselves um and the system and the database of of what ben's created has that in mind i always yes have. yeah I, I think the six midfield tactics they split into two You've mm-hmm. got three tactics where you've got the ball and three tactics where you don't have the mm-hmm. ball. So I like to pick one of um, one of three in each in each match. So I think the mm. three where you've got the ball, keep possession, um, play to wings and fluid midfield. Mm-hmm. And the other three, support defence, attack and the break and pressure play, uh, tactics where you don't have the ball. So again, I'd like to, I'd like to, ha- I'd like to ha- um, pick uh, one of each just to balance it out. 
yeah, okay. completely agree. Yeah. I normally but I normally actually do play keep possession pressure plays. My normal like go to um when I start is kind of my go to too. Um with the thought I just of, believe, with the I ball just and believe, without the ball, yeah. But I believe going on what Martin's saying in terms of on the ball and off the ball, I just believe that support defence and pressure play are both off the ball. So you're playing mm. two off the ball tactics. I'm shutting up shop, so maybe I'm not expecting the ball. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I wasn't expecting the ball at any time. I was playing Luis Suarez for God's <laughs> sake, so I wasn't expecting me to have much of the ball. Hence, why I was like, because I read it as midfielders mm. trying to yeah. close down and tackle the opposition quickly. I knew they were going to be in my half, so I wanted to make sure I had numbers behind there. Was the thinking? But, but then, but yeah, then support but... defense is creating a barrier in front of your defense. Yeah. So, also, sorry, and that's why or... I then put attack on the break as the master yeah another you thing know? to think about though is like what martin was saying like uh, and we you know the sort of with and without ball another way to sort of consider it as well is a physical tactic and a mental tactic so say like the support defense is like a physical tactic you know, you're doing you're actually fit you know going in there you're trying to press you're trying to um uh, get in the tack hard tackles quickly and get re retrieve the ball back and then the support defense is more of a mental sort of like a tactical sort of you know a framework of of, a, of how you you know you want the team to, the shape to be and as i say when i put attack on the break as the master is why i thought okay i'll go with those two and yeah and as I, 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 I have to say like Joe, it's probably yeah. been our best match rating so far because i i don't like say like run at defense and shoot on site because i think they're just two two physical sort of tactics that you're asking your players to do and I, it's just just personal preference i don't particularly like it i like sort of like a a, a mental or yeah again on and off the ball or a mental physical sort of thing so it's it's um so i you know i try and talk if i'm going for shoot on site i won't go for run at defense i'll go for something else if i you know if i feel like i you know that's the do best you, option against someone do you believe so just moving on for, for sort of the midfields going into sort of the, the attacking side of things defending from front which is again I don't know if it's just your strikers that are doing it or if, if maybe your free roll might do it as well. Um, mm. But if you if you look at that tactic itself, would you only play it if the other team play do play out defence or would you play it on uh, on any time, at any point? Um, you could you could yeah. easily play it on the, based on what their um, the tactics are. But also, I, I like to always like... So I think I like sent you you one, one of my games today and it, it um, my whole point throughout the whole thing was to try and counter where they were weak use one tactic to focus on what i was good at and then mm. one tactic to focus on where they was weak and if say like i thought they were playing out of defense or basically just in general they had pretty crap movement control passing you know you, you think if they well not crap but you know sort of reasonable that they might play it but not good enough that you know that they're not like a van dyke or something that you maybe you can put pressure on that yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I always think as well, defending from the front is something where you, you're going to use aggression for that. So yeah. if you're using a target man or centre forward, I think it's perfectly um, suitable for them to play defending from the front. Do you be? So this is another thing. I don't think that playing defend from front with right forward, left forward is is a good idea because I feel like they're they're further out because they're also yeah. players that like right wing, left wing, wing backs that touch the chalk. And, and literally get chalk on their boots as, as much as possible whilst also playing centre forward. So they drift out to, to the to the wide area. So doing that with defend from front, uh, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work. 
I've not seen any positives with it personally. I but... use defend from the front a lot, but I use a target man <laughs> mainly. Like I'm um I've always had a target man, and I quite like the idea of target man hassling any sort of defenders. Or I think it's got the ball back there. That's just I think my thinking because it was just like it reads as tell your attackers to put energy into hassling opposing defenders. So for me, that's what I want my target man. Um, yeah, I guess I, I the thing is, I th- the Sorry. funny thing is, is 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 how you read the instructions in it. Like you might read mm. defend from the run in a very different way as you know as I look at it. I look at it as a bit more of like a, a pressing forward, you know. Um, more than mm. a sort of defensive tactic. I look at it as more as like a pressing forward. I used to do it with shoot on sight because then he win the ball back and just have a go straight away. Just like really put the willies up the defenders. And that's why I used the Aberdeen in, chase, in my chasing Callum but days. Th- so, th- you know. This, this is the thing. I, th- I think it's changed slightly from, from back then because a lot of the stuff you, you do at the moment, Daryl, is, is based on all of the experience that you've had previously. And I think that the the match ratings and and the master tactic and everything has allowed us to look at the game in a different light and i think at the moment with defend from front i I personally think having that with shoot on site yes it could work a lot of the time but with shoot on site is it's it's deflections it's mistakes it's um do you know what i mean It's, it's different and they can shoot from anywhere so if they win the ball back out just outside the box and then he takes a shot um, there's no guarantee that it's going in. So maybe playing um, defend from front with um, with run at defence might might be a better option because as soon as he picks it up, he just literally runs and and picks up the ball and gets it straight. I don't know. It's, I don't think there's uh... any game where I've used run at defence. I I would only use really? run at defence if I had right or left forward. But would you not play it if you had two centre forwards that had ten speed? No, probably not. I wouldn't have two centre forwards that have ten speed. I don't set up my teams like that. That's the next thing. See, I never look at run at defence. It's yeah. just not in my head like the way I see football. Run yeah. at defence would never be something that I would consider in my teams. You know? As I say, speed has never been something that goes through my teams. And it's probably been a lot of my downfall. Like that high speed thing has never really been my overall like, but, football But how plan. many trophies have you won? Well... How many certificates have you won? Uh, four. <laughs> and so, and and that's that's without having speed as your main tactic. So you're still a winner. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've done all right. M- Martin, what do you think about speed? Since we're 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 talking about it now, uh, I think it's a popular one just for the fact it's speed. We all like to see fast players, so I think we relate to speed. But like Daryl says, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with not going for the speed option. You know, if I'm going to play a target man like Daryl is and you're not going to find a 10-speed target man unless you're a freak like Ronaldo, for instance. So mm. you're going to rely on players to be more aggressive. So I think all the positions in the game can all rely on a good untrainable in each position. So I, I know speed's the popular one, but I think the other ones are just as good if played correctly with the right players. And this, mm. is, this, is, something, this is something that obviously we spoke about last week. Um, and it's the fact of aggression, vision and, and speed and... and having some players with five vision, but you don't want them because they've got five vision and it's an untrainable. But if you're not playing keep possession in your midfield, why should vision be such a massive issue to you? If you're playing pressure play, um, which only needs aggression and he's got 10 aggression, but five vision, why is that such a such a problem for you? Does that make yeah. sense? Flexibility, mate. Yeah. For me, flexibility. 
I, I like I I'm so I, I quite like playing like two three core tactics, but I've started looking for more players with at least reasonable vision. So if and when I can play keep possession, say. Yeah. I I, th- I think just for flexibility, I th- it's made it very difficult for me to uh, get deals in. Yeah. Um. I'm yeah. I'm renowned as someone who's apparently hard to deal with. I don't think I am. I'm, I'm just picky. I'm very picky on what I'm after, but I'm I managed to build sort of well, solid I've, sides I've taken... that I, I I can play three or four tactics with at any point. Like to this week, um, I, I was able to just chop and change completely from last week. Well, I've I've taken I've taken Oscar a few this week, and Oscar's got mm-hmm. I think it was five aggression or something like that. And yeah. there'll be games where I'll need to play pressure play because their their midfield or whatever is better than mine, and I I, I need to do yeah. it. He just won't play. Yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 and, fine. And, but for me, it's it's like it's like having a marquee sign. It's like having you know sort of harp on back to the old days, like a Burkamp and Henri. It's like you want them in the games. You want them in every game. I, for me, anyway, I, I want. For me, Oscar was like my marquee signing of the season until I swapped him with you, and I wanted him playing in everything. And because he didn't quite fit every all the, t- the mul- sort of the multitude of tactics I wanted to play, that's why I swapped him for Aaron Moy. Yeah, I, th- I think Moy does exactly the same job. He probably isn't the fancier name as say like an Oscar, but I like all his stats that enable me to play. What you Pro- want to play? Probably four or five tactics. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I can adapt. It's just because I've been punished in other games before where I just didn't have the flexibility to adapt. And I'd, I'd like to just give that a try in this game. So, yeah, see, I'm the other way. I'm, I've got something in my head and I'm going to keep going until it works. Yeah, I, that's what I've always done, Daryl. Yeah, because I've, like, I've always I've, done it like yeah. you. Like, I've signed almost yeah. one of Stuck every position, like wing backs, I've got full backs. <laughs> if I need to rip the team out and start again, I can. But this time, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to suck first season. I get it. But I'm going to end yeah. it. By the end of the season, I'm going to have this 11 with yeah. my, the my, second my 11. Team ready to step in you know my teams in the past used to always have like lots of pace lots of uh, movement and i was after that at the start of the game and i thought why am i doing this why am i doing the same thing every game let's try something different let's have yeah, a bit of that's fun what, that's what i've done yeah um because i've i always used to always do the fluid midfield or play to play to fluid midfield play to wings and attack on the break with my three favorites because i i just love i love the thought of fast breaking away and and uh, get passing the ball getting the players moving around as much as possible causing havoc link play create space that was like like my go-to and now i just oh yeah i just want to i just want to try something different uh, yeah see, see what it, happens with, with me the way that i build my squads is 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 it's different because i don't look at uh a certain tactic like daryl does i'm a bit like terry and i i want a player to be able to play a multitude of of, of areas but at the same time, um, I, I look at depth of the squad. So I would always build my first team before I build my reserves and, and youth team. But if there's a player there that, mm. that's decent and I can add him to my reserves and he's 1 million, 2 million, whatever, yeah, I'll buy him and I'll add him in. But when I build it, I buy a right back, left back, and then I'll buy a both-footed right back, left back. That would be my my main goal and main idea because that way that person, if one person gets injured, he can jump in and, and play either side. It's not a problem. Exactly. And then, yeah, yeah. And then it's the same with my midfield as well. I'll buy a right mid, left mid and a both footed so then he can jump in and do either. And then I would have one of each position, preferably playmaker, centre mid, anchorman and all of that. So I've now got an option of saying, do you know what, this week I need to go five in midfield. Let me play these guys. These are the better stats for this, for this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then I've, I can do whatever I want. 
Yeah, I mean, I've actually picked uh, three different formations um, in the game already. So, I'm, and, and that's something I've never done in the previous game. I've always wanted to do it, but I think I've done what many of us have done before. I've built a plan A and then had a second and third choice player and not thought about switching it up. So, if, in previous games, if you knew you were playing against me, then you knew exactly, what, exactly how I was going to play. So, yeah. that's one thing I've tried to do in this yeah. game, is to flex it up and have a plan B and a plan C. And I think, I think that's what you I need in hardball. I think you need that in hard format. Because in yep. easy format, it doesn't really matter because do whatever you want, buy whoever you want, it's whatever it is. But in hard mm. format, I feel like you need to be unreadable because as soon as you're obvious or as soon as you're, oh, yeah, I play this tactic every week or I might change, create space to run out of defense this week, but really everything else is going to stay the same. Like you're predictable and then I'll just go in there and just play the tactics that counter that and then battle you. And then there's, there's nothing that you can do about it because you're just predictable. Yeah, that's what I did this week. I, I had a second leg with um, Standard Liège, and I had watched, uh, I got, I had, I'd seen a couple of what else they'd been doing, sort of likewise, in other games pre, um, prior to our, our game this week, and they seemed to be playing fairly similar. Yeah, all the way um, through. Yeah, all the way through, and I thought, well, I'm just going to take advantage of it. I've got a better side than I had on turn two, much better side, much more flexible for tactics, and I, yeah, I completely completely changed everything and absolutely owned the game so so talking about owning people um i have uh recently taken on huddersfield in game 120 and uh (laughs) so jay is currently in charge of nottingham forest and he is 15 points um one place off relegation i'm currently on 14 points um, and we're playing each other this week. There's five turns left, so I decided to take the team on with five turns. Um, and uh, Ben, a uh, player, he has West Ham, who I think are on 12 points, um, uh, one position below me. So it's, it's a little battle between us three on who can stay up within the next five turns. Um, I think it's a good bit of healthy competition. Jay doesn't um, like it, unfortunately. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But it's, I think it's going to be really, really good and, and, and a little bit of fun as well. So we'll see if these tactics come into play um, when we play each other again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, he's, uh, he's going to have to adapt and maybe change change the way he, he would go about games. Obviously, especially if he's if he's down the bottom, I think that's when you have to reval- well, the, reevaluate the three, things. The three teams that were underneath him were all unmanaged. So yeah. he's literally been struggling all season against all the managed teams. So... Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's a bit. It's about time that he gets a little bit more competition. So that's why we've done it. Um, story of the week. <laughs> uh, this week is uh, the Chelsea Celta Vigo Northern League deal, where I buy your player, you buy this player, and then my Northern team will buy this player, and it's like a three-way deal that is the dodgiest, dodgiest deal since Only Fools and Horses and the biggest conspiracy <laughs> since Mark McGee. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. I don't, the I'd... biggest conspiracy <laughs> since Barry Banner was supposed to be playing this game. Is that, do you remember that one? <laughs> you... <laughs> oh, mate, there's been a lot of names. Um, more chance of Bruce Banner, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, what, what do you guys feel about this, about this freeway deal thing? What, what's it's your disgusting. Straight up, hate it. It's that's that's not hard format. You shouldn't do it. Like for me, um, 
Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, yeah no good. It's a complete yeah, it's a complete shit shower for me. That again in a hard format game. Yeah, it's not good. I on the spin off of that as well, like the bit that I'm I'm really hating is constant people like demanding you need to change this, you need to do that, I need this and uh no. It's hard format. You get what you're given. No, I think the deal's I think the deal's yeah, definitely bending the rules. That's worse than what Bayern Munich were trying to do. For me. Like this deal is, is worse than what Bayern Munich was trying to do. Martin, Terry? Yeah, um, like I say, um, it's, it's bending the rules, basically. I mean, Ben laid out at the start of the game that you can't deal between your two clubs, and but you're effectively doing this by a third party, so it is effectively breaking that rule, so I'm sure Ben's probably aware of it and will keep his eye on it. Hope so. Yeah, I, I, I've said, for, I think, yeah, you guys will know, my sort of, since the first podcast, my stand on it, I, I think the having a second club in a hard format game is crap. I think it's really, really crap. Yeah. Um, I think it opens up a whole can of worms for, you know, this is, this is just probably one type of potentially, I mean, let's be honest, it's not, is it is it completely breaking the rules? Maybe not. Is it definitely bending it against the spirit of the game? 100%. 100%. And I don't agree with it. I don't don't like the the thought of anyone having a second team because they could easily. I mean, there's there's hundreds of ways you could. Yeah, it's not it's not hard no. for me. It's not a hard format game with second. Team. Yeah, when no. they do things like no, that. And, and for, it for me, it doesn't feel like a hard format game for me at the moment. For, no. From the beginning, obviously, you've said at the beginning, Terry, and I, and I agree with you that it doesn't feel like a hard format game when um, by by managing two teams. However, me and Daryl have disagreed with you from the beginning. We believe that if you're going to do it properly. Um, and it's a good business idea for Ben because obviously more teams are managed, more money's there, whatever it is. And we've sort of been against each other. However, this week with this that happens is a perfect example of how you affect the game, you affect the people within the game, and you show the appre- not appreciation is not, not the right word, but the the nice the niceness i don't that's not even right or right word for that ben shows um towards you mm-hmm. as as people and as as managers within the game and you completely rip that apart um so t- to benefit yourself um because you pay 70 quid a a, a season like yeah, exactly like uh, the reasons yeah, that I me see. and you was disagreeing with terry have been pissed out the water because of that deal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. we're saying, yeah, like I'm business sad. and trust and Ben expanding and yeah, yeah okay, yeah. we'll go for it. Like me and Faddy have sat here on the podcast a few weeks ago and said, you know, like, no, from a business point of view, there, it's good. Faddy's taking a team himself, but there has to be that level of trust. And this deal shows why we can't ever then have that trust. Because yeah. now I'm is... not going to think of that like I did three weeks ago. And I was like, actually, it's not a bad idea. Now I'm going to be like, well, someone's going to cheat. like, yeah. Or yeah. bend the rules. Sorry, yeah. it's not cheating. It's not... Yeah. It's nothing in stone. Like they've done a deal, they've been quite open about it, but it's it's not right, is it? It's not the right way no, to get a deal really done not. at all. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what we was talking about beforehand. Because like, yeah, I I completely see your side of it when you two agree disagree with me the other week. Uh, in regards to Ben making money and for the good of the game, in that sense of him making money to you know keep going, improve the game, better uh, a bit more. Um reason for him to keep going and, and doing that you know to make money to keep keep, keep uh, producing the game yeah 100 percent agree with you i think that's fine that's absolutely fine but if this is the hard format game this is the marquee game you should not and i think even managers should be taking a stand and say when this gets offered just say no but like if someone else has got a mate or 
we know, you know, extend, you know, advertise, get the game out there, get new managers in for, you know, I, there was no reason to have a, a, a Northern League active in this game because, you know, we had plenty of managers. Uh, I, I just, I just don't feel it was the right thing to do. And I've, you know, not, not to be arrogant or anything, but yeah, you know, I was proven absolutely right. I said this would happen. All right, mate. All right, we've all done stuff. Do you know what I mean? Fuck it all. Thing is, is that there are true. some people it's, it's that could use that well. You know, yeah, there are managers that don't want to do it. But, like but this, this yeah. is this, this is the thing. So, like, and and that is the the massive issue for me because now I've got a team and I'm like, well, now it's going to look like I, I might cheat if I go and buy a player here and I do something. And it's just like all eyes are on you now because one dickhead wants to mm-hmm. think that he's above everyone else and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And it's affecting everyone else. And I don't think that people realize it or they do realize it and they just don't give a shit. The trouble is Ben can't yeah. produce a, you know, a hundred page list of rules, you know, countering every possible scenario, scenarios that might not even happen. And even yeah. if Ben did produce a hundred page list covering every scenario, you can guarantee there'd be someone trying something else that's not on that list and saying, well, it's yeah. not on the list, so I can do it. So it's, yeah. So we've got to apply a bit of common sense and and yeah and bit of the bit of the spirit of the game as well to yeah. these sort yeah. of scenarios yeah. really. I agree yeah, with that. Totally agree. Um, going back on to so just just to touch on base there, Faddy. I'm right. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, let's right, just yeah. move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. I do not want to live in a world where Terry is right, all right? <laughs> Mate, you're gonna see, you, can see, you can see how big his head is through yeah. the podcast. That's I can feel it. I can feel, I can feel my earphones being squashed as we speak. <laughs> Going back onto our squads and stuff, um, what do you guys use your karma points for? And how do you guys uh, envision your squads being come the end of the season do you want to know what i'm going to use them for now or what i used to so <laughs> no, no, i used to what... use them to remake marvel characters in my youth team <laughs> and you're That's one of the straight up like, <laughs> yeah you can't have stupid names i had i had b banner and... in goal i yeah i had tony stark in defense yeah no i, I did all that no um yeah <laughs> and, Terry, and Terry doing Gary Glitter. So it's you two that have been literally <laughs> fucking up the name system. Uh, no, um, I, I don't know what I'm going to use them for at the moment. I haven't really thought about it. I haven't actually done much so- to earn many. Not going to lie. I've filled in gaps of charity work and like, oh, I think deals that I've, I've confirmed and whatnot. But I haven't done too much to earn them because I haven't really given it much thought. So what are you just whatever you get and you have at the end of the season you'll decide what you do with it then? Or? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah, okay. that's pretty Terry? much where I am with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same. I'm I'm just gonna just keep them until the end of the season and and have a look at it then. Um, obviously, if there's um, injuries, I'll use them as and when. Um, I think I think that's it really. I, I'm hoping I've only got sort of one. Yeah, potentially one aging player, but I might just swap them on for a younger version at some point, so I don't have to worry about longevity. Longevity. Okay. I think, yeah, I think overall is injuries <laughs> and um, confidence. I want to save it up to fix that. Can I? Can I just say before we ask Martin, Terry, fuck you. So, uh, Martin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> go ahead. What about you? What are you doing with your karma points? Uh, I've got no idea what my squad's going to look like next turn, let alone at the end of the season. I'm perhaps just saving up my karma. Um, I haven't got any old players, but I know at some point 
you know, my 31 year olds will become 33 year olds in a couple of years' time. So I'm thinking long term, it's going to save up my karma for longevity and in the short term, just uh, try and reduce your injury here and there to key players who I know I'm going to keep. Okay. Um, do, you, do you guys, um, obviously, there's, there's loads of points that you can spend um, karma on. Uh, do you only want to spend it on injury uh, prevention and and longevity? Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> you love that, don't you? Love it. Thank fuck it, for that. <laughs> you know, abuse that is highest. Oh dear. But um, but yeah, is, are they the only two areas that you guys would cover? I'd also persuade a player not to retire as well. And it's pretty much yeah, the same yeah. thing as longevity. But yeah, not saying. Yeah. Oh really? For, See, I would never do that. Really? I would, oh, I would, right. yeah, I, I would never it. talk someone down. I think that's just I in my head. Know. Like, yeah, I kind of want. I like that mystery. Yeah, I would never change it. Yeah, I would okay. just accept I, it. I, yeah, I did it once in an old ge- in an old game just because I had ton, a ton of karma and and the guy was like a really good squad player. I think he was like my backup keeper in one. I can't remember what game it was, but I did it. He's his, his stats stayed the same. He stick, stuck around for another season. It, it sort of helped. So, but yeah, I I I'd, I'd be more inclined to do longevity or. Uh, say maybe save some for like a, a low level karma. I don't want stupid karma players like ridiculous ones. Um, I'd I'd like just you know, maybe get get my boys in there again just for a bit of a laugh. I'm not going to ask Terry moves. because I, I'm not going to ask Terry this question because he actually hates um, defend mind and attack SA on any player and he gives him anxiety <laughs> anxiety every time he sees it. But would you guys not spend a thousand karma on giving your striker mid SA? No, because. Because he's got forty, because he's forty PV free roll. So three of my back four can play midfield, and that mm-hmm. is on purpose. I'm looking for that. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. So that maybe if I can get enough karma, maybe stuff like that, like defenders that could push up or midfield wingers that could go forward and stuff like that. I yeah, I would consider. Yeah, I, I tried to save up for it in previous games, but I never got there because I always had to convince players not to retire and drop their stats so that was just used to wipe wipe me out every time but otherwise yeah, yeah i would so, love, love to get to a thousand and do it but there's not been able to do it what yeah. what about what about um so a massive thing that we've always been speaking about over the last couple of weeks is is state of mind and and confidence and things like that another another thing you can actually spend your karma points on is is regaining lost confidence um <laughs> would you and that's only a hundred karma points would you mm. guys consider that I've done it before, and the player has still gone and dropped down again afterwards. So I'd be very wary about doing about doing that, and perhaps look to put a character on the player instead. So I'd be very cautious about doing that again. Yeah, okay. that's, that's that's a good shout. That that's interesting. Do do you feel do you feel that he dropped because he wasn't playing, or was he playing and? something was different or why like why was he still dropping Martin? i've honestly got no idea some some players they just go up and down without any sort of logical explanation hopefully i mean you touched on state of mind hopefully that might give a bit more insight into why someone's confidence might go up and down same with the morale mm. as well so yeah. yeah hopefully if that was happening there might be a bit more insight to understand why and what you can do about it um this time hopefully yeah i've always wanted more detail on the confidence drop you know it's always been one thing that I'd like, why? You know, sometimes can you, it's happened. You can talk to the player not now, much. Though. Yeah, but I've never really got anywhere with that. Like, I've never really got anywhere when I've tried to find out why. Sometimes it feels a bit random, but maybe that's just me. 
Yeah, I've always found talking to the player, you get a generic response back. It says mm. X player is happy at the club, and you think, okay, but you're late for training this week. Why are you still happy at the club, and you don't get any sort of insight? So I think if that could be revamped, um, I, mean, I think Terry's touched upon it before in um, in the chat before. Then yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be great. If, th- yeah. This is some, this is something that I I think needs to be the next focus, and I think it's. Um, the, the complete overhaul of the 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 stats page or the values page um and the MDS. I, I I personally think that these two areas are the the two areas that need the most focus between now and, and the next game launching in two years time. Now for me, I think uh state of mind uh morale and, and confidence should all be next to each other and instead of having confidence on one page and, and this on the other. Um, I, I still believe assists should be on there. Um, and then when it comes to the MDS, it would be easier if you had your first team and your, your cup team, um, your league game and your cup game on one page and then everything else on the other, which would then allow you to have maybe 10 spaces for uh, uh, bidding for players, 10 spaces for agreed deals, uh, 20 spaces for actions, because there's so many other things that you want to do. And I just don't feel like there's enough space within anything at the moment and i think everything's a little bit too cramped up if that makes sense yeah i can i can see what you're yeah. saying i mean spaces to be able to do 20 deals, deals a week though might blow my mind but i could but see why people would want that you, you're not going to do 20 deals a week like you might Many, want to have do. you seen some people with the way they deal <laughs> come on man yeah. can you That's imagine I was just that yeah i mean well, and then you would bid for every half decent scout you got even if you knew because if you knew you had the space you would use it okay like i do that if i've if i've already agreed five deals i will bid for five scouts if they haven't got much pv but their untrainables are decent i'll snap them but daryl that means that there's more um uh, there's more deals in the game that's happening so you're buying more Mm. players which in turn makes more deals happen which in turn makes the game more active so Maybe. if I'm going out, if I'm going out and I'm buying a half decent player that I wouldn't have bidded for because I didn't have the space, then I throw him on the forum. That's more activity on the forum, which means more people are more interacting with the game. And I just feel like at the moment, what Ben wants, and especially the fact that he threw in that percentage thing, which kicked off a couple of weeks ago, is he wants more deals. So what better way to do more deals than add more space? Yeah, It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be 10. It could be seven. Yeah, I think one thing you could also do with that is to try to make the players more hung- or more players um, active in wanting to leave the club. Like if they're not getting enough first-team football or they're homesick or whatever reason like that, then that could give you more incentive to do more deals. Otherwise, you mm. get you run the risk of all the deals being done in the first five turns of the game and of the season, yeah. and that's it. So I think if there's more incentive to move players on, then that would help keep things moving. That's a that's a good point. I, I've there was two players that um, Aaron uh, signed that were homesick. Um, uh, on literally as soon as they arrived, that was it. Aaron, I think it was Aaron. Um, uh, and I think someone else. yeah, oh, it might have been someone else. And they arrived at arrived at his club. They were both homesick. Um, and he's like, but they're both from the same country. So the way that I I assumed homesick is are uh, he misses his club, he misses his country. The best thing you could do is probably buy someone from that team um, that he interacts with from the same country as him. Um, nationality, etc., and, and they they will bond together. But it's like, well, I bought them both from the same club. They're both Japanese. Like, why are they both homesick? Like, it doesn't make any sense. The one I thing that something... sorry, comment. 
sorry, I was just going to say the one thing that they did have that was that was entwined with with everything that I was looking at was they both had the inexperienced SA. Okay, all right. So I kind of thought, um, and I think Martin was sort of touching this on this earlier. Something I've I've mentioned um, in other conversations and stuff like that is an idea of. Do you know, like what um, Ben's done with the karma for injury reduction. So, like one one week is a, a slight, you know, reduction in injury. Uh, two is a, a bit more, um, a level two sort of thing. You, know, you get a bit more yeah. more points, and you get two weeks reduction. Uh, sort of similar to football manager, yeah, you know, where it's like physio or you know, you send them to specialist. Yeah. I thought of doing something like with karma, and I think I think I put on the the ideas page or ask on ask ask UE on the forum, which was say like a level one would be the players take him out for a meal something like that sort of thing and that has a, a subtle subtle influence on, on state of mind or morale and then maybe stage two would be a, like send the player to a sports psychologist you know because i i think of it as being sort of like again a stats based game and i i think of it all like in a scalar sort of thing and i wonder if um the homesickness thing is sort of similar thing where it's on a certain level of how confidence, how the morale is and stuff like that. And it's that low that it falls into this bracket, which would be considered homesick. I, I, de I definitely yeah. think that karma should come into play when it comes to these, these areas. Yeah. I, that, I, I would like going to disagree. More. I would like that... to see it more rather than like, you know, a massive overhaul. I would like to see some overhaul of the MDS, I, but I would like to, I agree with some of the guys there where, where, keep the uh, greed deals and bids to five because otherwise it'll just get ridiculous how many amount of deals we can do but maybe have say a few more action spaces and then maybe separate the extra page bits you know so like yeah you're not streaming through tons and tons of stuff just to pick a uh, team you want to scout maybe have the scouts separate and uh, bits and pieces like that i'd like to see but yeah that's where i'm at i, I think that was going to disagree with this because he just likes the game to be it is what it is if they're confidence goes down it goes down fucking deal with yeah, it but yeah uh, that's, that's how i manage yeah, yeah. that's how i manage my staff like get over it in it do you know what i mean man up pull your socks up in it sort your shit up uh, yeah, yeah don't, don't get me wrong I, you know my, I mean? my opinion is pure my pure my opinion purely is is if i right, get one of those players in they're gone i'll, I'll I mean, get shot of them i don't want to no, hear the housekeeper that wants problem, to go home why did you move here I'm gonna have to dis I'm gonna have to disagree because uh, for me in real life right now if there's if a player has a problem they go to the doctors they'll go on uh, depression tablets so they'll go whatever it, I don't know what what's gonna happen to them, but <laughs> they, 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 something happens depression so, tablets SA yeah Come on, this <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but what what I mean is is that if a player's de depressed or something like that, it's probably because he's not getting any game time or whatever it is. But I think the idea of team bonding um, is is great, and I think the idea of seeing a specialist, especially with injuries as well, I think the injury thing could be sort of reworded to reduce injury by one week by sending him to a doctor, reduce injury by two to four weeks or something by sending him to a specialist, um, and and increasing those points. But having the same with the confidence or the state of morale or well, does uh, that maybe mind. start to open up the idea of uh, introducing a back backroom staff page? Mm. Have a physio you, like set you know, up? Is that not maybe something? Eventually, I can't imagine it's very easy to implement. Um, is, that, but maybe you could Darryl, to like expand on that a bit. Sorry, Dara, I was just going to say, is that would that be sort of similar to? Uh, is it like Football Manager? I'm sure you can do it on there where you can talk to like your back room and you can yeah. find out like yeah. they they uh, send like a who, report who's on to injury. Yeah, who's like who's not very much. fit. 
Yeah, who's not very fit? Yeah, yeah, who yeah, needs yeah. a rest? Cool. You know, it, what? it doesn't have to go crazy in detail, but maybe you could just have a page of backroom staff saying, okay, he's in top condition. He's not playing that well. He's trained pretty good. Mm. That kind of stuff. Maybe so, a bit more in depth, maybe. So like so this pl player X is on the brink of physical yeah. breakdown. Drop him. Yeah, or this player starting yeah, yeah. to get upset that he hasn't played maybe just what, introduce that to manage what we, it better. what we spoke what we spoke about last week was um the state of your stadium being like one and how much money you get from from the tickets but like if we did introduce a backroom staff then the condition of your stadium could also be the condition of your staff yeah so your staff could be yeah, level 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 one to level 10 so if you increase your stadium to level 10 then your staff are technically level 10 which then obviously gets your wages up. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a, a, a decremental effect to having it at level 10. So not only are you going to spend loads of money to, to, to upgrade your stadium, but you're also going to spend loads of money on your wages now. And if you're not earning enough gate receipts, then obviously you're going to be losing money. Um, so you don't want to increase it from, say, 4 to 10 um, season 1, turn 1, just because you're going to get the best staff because you're going to be losing money every week. So... I, I think I think that might be a good idea in terms mm -hmm. of if you wanted yeah, to add the change it from it. stadium into club. So yeah. this is the rating of your club, and that includes you know stadium staff, pitch, you know all the other bits and pieces in between. Maybe I could see. Yeah, that's that's I could get involved with it. Yeah, I'll add I'll add that onto the forum. <laughs> yeah, Martin, what do you think? It's a good idea. No, I agree. It sounds good. Definitely. The, I think the more the more we get in, it's it's going to be good for the game. Definitely. Good. Um, so we, we, we're sort of coming to, towards the end of the show. I'm just going to go to the forums and, and get the questions that, that people have been asking. Um, so this one's from Andy Jr. And it says, which team so far do you think has done the best within their resources? I'll, I'll say Aaron at Genoa, 100% for me. Yeah, he's brought, he's brought yeah, in Van Dyke. He's done some absolutely amazing buys. I think Aaron is is standing out, but I like what Amir's been doing too. Um, yeah, because yeah. I see him mention like the signings he makes, uh, like the freebies and stuff, the cheaper one. Um, but yeah, I think Aaron, I think Aaron's done done the best so far. You look at his first eleven, impressive. No, I think I think I'm in agreement there, if I'm honest. Um, and he's he's sort of worked out max values as well um and he's he's really ensured that he's getting the right players in the right areas he knows really? who he wants and who he doesn't want um, really should have hit him up more <laughs> yeah we really should have, should have, really should have. <laughs> but now yeah, but, I think Aaron, yeah martin what about yourself yeah before else um i've seen aaron's first team posted up and He's got a lot of 35s, 36s, something. Hang about. I wouldn't mind my team sort of looking like that in a few <laughs> weeks' time when I'm out of debt, kind of thing. So, I think yeah, he's he's got a he's almost got a Division One team now in Division Four. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, the yeah. Division Four. Yeah, yeah. Um. So next question is from uh, Maxi, and he says, "What is the fascination with big size wanting pot players when a player who's excels or better in training turns out?" just as good if not better and quicker uh on the times i think it's the sweetener thing isn't it um so like it's great getting in a player who's got fantastic untrainables and looks like they train well um but then you i've had players in the past who great untra I, yeah i agree to a degree 
you know, where I've had players in the past with great untrainables. They look like they train great, but it's just that thing of you put part on the play. Most weeks they get a rise. I mean, I, I put it on a lorry. I've had six OA and one PV rise out of him in three weeks. That's that's the effect it can have. Like now he's my starting centre back next week. Um, yeah, that's that's where I stand, I, especially as a team in debt. It's just, I think it's just more attractive, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that people think that because it's got me Luis Suarez for next week. So, like, getting rid of one of my pop players. <laughs> so, I'm all for people feeling it. So, you just crack on, ignore that question. Just keep giving, get, asking for my pop players and give me Luis Suarez. It's all right. <laughs> just to the coin because it's not so much, it's not always the big tired wanting potential players. Sometimes it's the smaller team will offer you a potential player because mm. they know that if you're being, if you've got Messi up for swap, Ronaldo up for swap, any of the big guns, you're going to get hundreds of offers. So someone will offer you a potential player because somebody else isn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, yeah, I just, mean, again, when we was, it's a Aberystwyth, yeah. we offered Martin. I think Martin, you was Dortmund, weren't you? When we was Aberystwyth yeah. and we offered him a potential player and some cash in that for Kagawa. Kagawa went on to be a 40 PV free roll for us, which completely changed our team. But we were really worried because this this potential player, we had literally had nines across the board at fullback. And we were like, do we do it? I mean, it was a good thing that we did, but we did it because we wanted the name. We were Aberystwyth and all of a sudden to have Kagawa in the second division and stuff completely changed our team. So I think, yeah, I, I think that's the appeal is that, a potential player there, Martin, who was going to play Dortmund for four or five seasons, was more appealing than him keeping Kagawa, where he had a replacement for Kagawa already. This, you know, so is, I think this is, this is what my problem is. Um, if if it's a hard format game and they last minimum, I've seen a hard format game last for his five seasons, but usually they go on for between five and ten. Really depends on on the people that are in it. But if you're looking at that long amount of time that that's going to be in the game and you're swapping a pot player for a 31 year old let's just say mm. um yes he's going to be good for you for the first season or two but then what are you doing after that you're quitting the game is that why you're doing it because, no, you're only, because you know you're, you're only going to be scout. there for two seasons so the team is trash now like louis suarez completely completely changes my team even at 32 you know even for a yeah. year or two i'm in division four i suck Suarez is perfect, and I've still got two seasons to go and rescout. Okay. I've already replaced the anchorman I'm getting rid with a better one. I've got a 35 PV I signed from my scouts, ready to replace the 34 year old 34 PV anchorman I'm swapping out with potential. So I've already kind of improved because I'm getting Suarez, and I'm getting a younger 35 PV in his replacement. So it's worked out really, really well for me, um, and it's going to give me that striker that is going to make other teams change their tactics to stop Suarez, even in their head. Yeah. They're going to see Suarez on my team sheet and go, God damn, Matt did it. He, he was playing Tevez. And literally the whole thing he talked about all week was how to stop Tevez. I mean, to be fair, Tevez did Terry Manu in the end anyway. But that's <laughs> all he thought about was this guy's got Tevez. He's going to play around him. He didn't really think of anything else. And part of that really helps, do you know what I mean? Even for a season or two. So... Um, mm. I disagree on that because I think I can rescout and I've already replaced. So I'm gaining Suarez in the 35 PV and it's costing me a 34 PV who may get better. But something you just said there, Faddy, is interesting. I'll be interested as well to see what Martin thinks about it. Is, uh, is Aaron's done one of those where you said about um, getting an older player, say a slightly older player. Uh, how long are you committed to the game? 
but one thing you have to sort of weigh up is like I mean, so he swapped. He did a really good swap and got in Van Dyke. Van Dyke's 28, 29, something like that, yeah. years old. But he's got like 150, 160 plus million in his squad. He can now, and because of the name alone, I'm sure he could talk, put that up, player up and he could easily get three players who are quality, 40, 50 million pound players and spread that value around his team. Uh, and I think that's you know, so it's not necessarily you you swap a pop player and and that's it. You get that older player in, and it's just you got the name and all that. The name's actually the interesting part because then that person could then swap that player on, and he's gone from having say such so as some young kid with potential and good untrainables. He's now swapped for the big player and then swapped again and brought in three world class players. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree there, Tim. I mean, I've did a couple of deals early on in the game, and I think the next turn. Um, the incoming managers put the player back up for swap again immediately, obviously with hmm. the aim to bring in two players, um, <laughs> which I can't do when I'm trying to clear debt. I've got to get one player in and cash. So, yeah, there's definitely that appeal to it. But for me, if yeah. I've got a player like Van Dyke, um, it's my, my, my own personal view. Those sort of players are different gravy. They're just on a different level to everyone else. You know, the likes yeah. of Ronaldo, yeah. Messi, Van Dyke. For me, you cannot get any better. So... I would do everything I could to keep hold of them and yeah. make them last as long as I could. Um, but what and came at the top of the game is, is that kind of what you're trying to do at Atletico Madrid? Sort of pick out your core and work backwards out of that. Then is that is that the sort of way that you go about managing the bigger club with so much debt? Is there like five or six that are literally untouchable for you for now? Well, I buy your end off for five or six of, of these ones right now. Well, I've certainly earmarked sort of three players: um, uh, Felix, Lamar, and Party. I think are three players I would find it very, very difficult to replace them with good enough quality because they're so versatile and the quality of them is almost unreplaceable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I could only yeah. replace Felix with probably Messi, for instance, or and that's pretty bad, it yeah, really. Yeah. So. Those sort of oh, yeah, yeah, three or four Felix, players. Yeah. And but then everyone else is just let's just see what happens, I think, really. But the, so, the point I was the point with Aaron though is if he didn't ha if he wasn't doing so well in picking up all these other players, say just say he had your bog standard uh for, for division three, division four side, if he just had the bog standard side and Van Dyke, it makes perfect sense then to swap on for three more. I mean he doesn't have yeah. to, obviously, because how well he has done. But I mean, just in the context of what we were talking about, I, th- I think it's really smart to potentially swap on a pop player, get an excellent player in, and then uh, y- you know, and then swap on for two or three more. The only thing that's throws a spanner in the works, which is what's happened to me, because I, I was really tempted to do exactly what Aaron did with um, Van Dyke, is the turn eleven situation with you know UE points. Um, that to me is more appealing. I, I would like to add a few more pop players. To train up, so that's that's sort of where I. Stand. I just, it's, it's just I, I, I'm, I'm different. I'm different. I would rather have pop players than big names. Um, Me too. Yes, yes, they're going to perform for you for one or two seasons, but I'm in it for the long haul. Um, as much as people don't think I am, um, it, I, I just think like in five seasons' time, these pop players are going to be the dogs bollocks. So. Yeah, you, I just think you, you I, I can I can create benefit. pop players every week. Uh, is my view of it. Doesn't mean that I want to play it any less than you do. 
Um, I just know I need goals and I need creativity. I need Suarez. Like I, I, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, he's 23. He's got nines across the board. He's my top goal scorer playing from Anchorman. Got free kick special ability. Really probably shouldn't do it, but I have to look at longer term. Suarez can help me now. And I've got replacements like who aren't going to play if I keep this player. So these other players are not going to get better. So, uh, yeah, yeah I went for it. sense if you're Anchorman's top scorer. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? See what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I, when, 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 I, when I was talking about the deal, it was like, at first, I'm like, God, he's 32. How can I trade out a pop player for 32? When I actually broke it down, I'm like, that changes everything. Like, because I've got two Anchorman behind him who are ready to play. Do you know what I mean? Like they should be yeah. playing because they're they're also what one's twenty one, one's twenty six, quite capable of playing. Um, I can put free kicks on anyone if I'm going to miss that, which is where his goals have come from. To be fair, um, and but Suarez will get me goals now, and I've only scored three all season, so I had to, you know, and yeah, I've never really managed a team or a player like that. To be fair, so That's really cool. Yeah, I completely I, agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so next question is. Um, uh, most valuable and invaluable positions in the game. Ooh. Just pick one of each. We'll start what? with Martin. Anchorman seems to be the most sought-after position for me in the game at the moment. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Yeah. Do you know? Um, do you know um, what it was previously for me? Left forward. Okay. Previous games, I think left forward was one one of the most sought-out positions ever, and then now I don't think it is as much. But yeah, uh, Anchorman, hundred percent. I would normally agree with that. Uh, I think the only thing I've got lucky there really is whenever Ben sort of like messaged me about playing a new game, he's always said to me, you know, you interested sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, just give me any, any, any team with like sort of, you know, sort of reasonably fast strikers. And I've sort of pretty much fall into having some decent ones. And it's the first thing I go after. But um, in this game, it does, I've seemed, I've seemed okay finding forwards. Yeah. But I, I have to agree. Anchor men's been tough to find. That's why. Yeah. I was more tempted to put that potential on on Leitner because I know he's 26, but I mean that gives me, at at the very least, it gives me bait for another deal, if you know. Yeah, and I I also think the other position at the moment in this game is goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah goalkeepers. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's I don't yeah. think there's a lot of goalkeepers. Like, I've trust never, me, I've trust never... me, I don't want to put essays or potential or anything like that on Carrius or Roberto. But I kind of felt like I was, you know, stuck there Fucking, really because we're, were not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about. <laughs> we're yeah, well, I've never, I've never, I've never struggled <laughs> to sign a goalkeeper as long as I have in this game. It's the first time. Like I've normally yeah. found one out of scouts. I mean, I'm a bit weird because I, my goalkeepers have to have good movement and speed. Like I don't know if it's like an OCD thing in yeah, my head. Uh, same. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't. I don't know if it makes keeper. any difference. But I, if they're under seven, I probably won't go for them. Do you know what I mean? Like no, I, that, I, I probably was, won't. <laughs> you know what? I I used to do that even before sweeper keeper. They needed to have at least good movement. Yeah, they movement and speed has always yeah. been a thing for me, always. Um, um, so, but this year has been a lot more difficult to even get ones. I, I just want to say this is how bad this is how bad goalkeeper situation is. I've taken over that Trollsburg team in in um, in Northern League, and my best goalkeeper is twenty five PV. <laughs> twenty <laughs> fucking five boys. I'm all right yeah, now. I signed. Well I signed well later. So. a pair of gloves, mate. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm going five four one. Yeah. I told Richard already. Five four one. Like five defenders. We cannot yeah, yeah. like even Can't hit them leave up him. shots. Yeah, well, um, I, I, but yeah, I think goalkeeper definitely anchor man. But um, yeah, free roll hasn't been particularly easy for me to find on a personal level, like a good one. Really? 
So yeah, I have like a like a good backup. I've struggled with Daryl. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah I haven't I've, I've I haven't found one that fits me. But that it might just be well, me again. Well, maybe Ben listening to this halfway through the the season when he adds more people into the teams, <laughs> you know, yeah. these will be, will be coming up. Well, if okay, he's listening um, to this, he needs to make Lyle Taylor better. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um. So coming up to sort of the end of the show now, uh, we have got our we're going to change our questionnaires that we would usually do for our guests. And we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Um, and this week we are going to do um, the most unpopular or your most unpopular opinion in football. Um, this can be within the game. This can be in real life. And to kick it off, we're going to go with Terry. Oh, Christ. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll go. My unpopular opinion uh, might, might be popular, might not be. But um, I, I genuinely think FIFA Player of the Year is bollocks. Complete and utter bollocks. And the reason why is there's like, especially like lately in the last, say, 10, 12 years, it's, there's been this massive preference towards the league of players. There's, uh, in a league where there's no challenge, really, it's like basically giving it to, uh, you know, the, the Scottish League so to a Ranger or a Celtic player. It's exactly like that. There's, there's no challenge in La Liga, whereas the you know, Premier League's bloody tough every, every season. It only ever favours attackers. I mean, how Van Dyke didn't win it the other year is just ridiculous. And, right. and basically, it, the reason why it's really fucked up is, you know, Dennis Burkamp should have won it for 11 years straight between 95 and 2006. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Um, spe- <laughs> speaking on that, that I saw someone post that West Brom could finish in the top five if they were in the Liga. I wouldn't be surprised. It is. I, I, I watch it. I, I'm a, a massive Real Madrid fan. Always have been. It was one of the first kits I ever got when I used to go on holidays to Spain and stuff like that when I was a kid. And there's, but it's just crap. It's boring, slow crap. It's this, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona, beautiful, beautiful football. Absolutely unreal. But, I mean, I don't think they're massively better than any of the Premier League sides. I think they would struggle uh, to a degree in the Premier League. I think Tottenham would cause problems. I think Arsenal on their day, especially in the past, might have. Man United, City, Liverpool. Liverpool definitely now would cause massive problems you know, on a regular basis. And yeah, you know, and as they say, you know, would they like to go up to certain these certain shit house sort of cities on a on a yeah. dark windy night, getting lumps right, kicked yeah. out of them? Uh, Daryl, uh, uh, David De Gea is not as good as everyone says he is. I would, <laughs> I, I think, I think he's past it and has not developed as the modern era has around him. I think there's a lot more keepers that are a lot better than him now. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Yeah, for me, like, I wouldn't put him in. I, he would not come into the top four or five keepers that I think of when they'd say, name your best keepers, you know? I think the name game... Your, name, name your top five keepers right now, quick. Uh, Edison, Testengen, Neuer, Allison. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't... Uh, I don't know about five, but it wouldn't be De Gea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Yeah, yeah, that, that would be mine. I think as well, like like the, the some of the Man United fans I've spoke to, I talk so highly of the hair, and it's like, like, okay, well let's ask this question: Would he be in the same breath as Peter Schmeichel? No, no. He should. The do. thing is though, is that like, he should be. I think he should be. I think his confidence got shot, no and he has not developed as the game has developed. Like when you think of a keeper now. Like even Carlos Bravo with the sweeper keeper thing, Edison, Allison, De Gea has not evolved. I feel yeah. with how goalkeepers have. Just, you know? just just to t- just to talk about Peter Schmeichel there. Do you know what he used to do? He used to um, 
by bigger tops, um, like he have his his actual goalkeeper tops made bigger that for him, and also really really colourful and loads of slashes and everything all over him. And the reason why was because when he come out at you, he would come out running at you and make himself really big. And because his jumper was bigger than him, it would flap. And because there were so many colours, it would put the striker off. And he he was very very <laughs> mental, like. Uh, and psychological yeah, he when, he, when, when, he played, <laughs> when he played in goal. Wow. So there you go. That's, that's, your, that's, your little, that's your little fact about Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. Um, Martin, go ahead. Um, this probably will be very unpopular with people, but I'm not a fan of seeing all English finals in European competitions. Uh, um, Liverpool versus Tottenham. Nothing against either side, but we see Liverpool be Tottenham twice a season in the league, probably another once in the FA Cup or League Cup. Mm. Do I want to see it again in the Champions League final? No, I want to see. You know, I wanted to see Ajax in the final. To, um, to be fair, I just to see know. other teams how they get on against our best teams rather than two of well, our. Best I never, teams I never want to see any Tottenham team in any final. <laughs> 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 Fucking scum. Yeah, I think um, from a neutral fan, like a Liverpool Ajax was a better story. Yeah, you know, yeah. Liverpool had been dominant and really, really good, and. Ajax, same. Like it would have been a really good mix. Do, do you yeah. guys think? Do you guys think that Ajax would have sold all of their players if they got to the Champions League final? Yes, Probably. money talks. Yeah, Probably. money yeah. talks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think it helped um, keep some together for them by not getting. Yeah, could have got yeah. could have got a bit more money, maybe. Maybe possibly, possibly. Yeah. yeah, but they kept a good a good chunk of them. They didn't lose as many as I think yeah, they would yeah, have. Yeah, you know? definitely. My unpopular opinion. West Ham are good. Pep, well, <laughs> no, no, they're, they're not. They're not. And okay, I agree sorry. with that. Sorry. Um, Pep Guardiola is not as good as he, everyone thinks he is. Ooh, he's unpopular, Ooh, but I agree with you. I, I, um, I agree. Every team he's been at, so he's been at Barcelona, had Messi, had all of these players, had loads of money. He's been at Bayern Munich, had Ribéry, had Robin, had Lewandowski, etc. All of these great players and loads of money. Um, he's obviously at City and got Aguero, uh, De Bruyne, etc., etc., et and had all of, and and loads of money. And I just feel like if he went to West Ham and had Mark Noble, uh, Jack Wilshere <laughs> on injury prone, and um, a Jetty up top, I just don't believe that he will be able to produce um, the quality of how he plays his his football, um, or how he wants to play his football with a team of lesser quality. I don't even think a divine creator could sort that mess out. Okay, let me let me, let, listen. Let me make it easy. Listen, you're an Arsenal fan, man. <laughs> yeah. Only, only Burkamp could have sorted that out, mate. Um, maybe it would be interesting to see him. Uh, no, I agree. Manage, I um, do. you know, like. You know, to be fair, all these flaws, like if you look back, Mourinho getting Porto with what they did and the yep. Inter Milan team at the time weren't the greatest Italian team that he could have taken over. Do you know what I mean? And he, he did bits with them. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would I would agree. I could see why it's unpopular because the man's a winner. He's won everywhere he's gone. But yeah, is he won because, you know, Bayern Munich were basically at the time the Paris Saint-Germain of the Bundesliga yeah. when he took over. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, and that is literally where I, he is. I kind of yeah. had this conversation with someone else who sort of mentioned to me, to, uh, mentioned to me like him and Mourinho in the argument. And I was like, I don't like Mourinho. I think he's a dick. But <laughs> not, not only has he did it with the big teams, 
he's also done it at Porto. With the little teams. Yeah. He, kn- he knows how to win. Like, yeah. when some people are like, oh, his tactics so defensive, man wins. Take the 1-0 wins, isn't it? He still wins. Exactly. Like, he, he gets mean, the job done with the players he's got. If he knows he's up against it, he's going to sharp shop hit you yeah. on a break. Do you know what I mean? That's so why, was, and it's, you know? It was, was funny when was people a... people mentioned him about coming to Arsenal when um, when Wenger originally left. And a lot, a lot of Arsenal fans were sort of like, oh, fuck's sake, you know, he's, he's negative and boring. I'm like, I grew up under George Graham. Yes. That's what we needed at the moment. 1-0 <laughs> <One laughs> to Arsenal. That's part of yeah. the course. That's proper yeah, yeah. Arsenal. But that's like the thing. When, when he said on Sky Sports that finishing second with Man United was one of his greatest achievements. It's shown when he's not there just how poor they've been under Solskjaer and stuff. Look at the state of them. And you see yeah. the state as they've developed. Getting that team second is a really good achievement. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, to, just, yeah. just to talk about that quickly, it's, um, there was an interview with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and um, the question to him was Mourinho or uh, Guardiola because obviously he's been under both of them. And he goes, mm-hmm. I, I would never pick between them. My answer is one is a better man manager and one is a better tactician. You can decide which one's which. So, so I I can't imagine Mourinho as the man manager. No, of course not. (laughs) So for for me, obviously, I've watched that Amazon thing of of Guardiola and and Man City and all and and their their winning season and man management for for me and him and the way he talks to his players and and he's he, he's so attentive and everything else he's really good but when it comes to tactics and comes to the tactics board he's like you do this you do this blah, 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 blah. and it's like it was too much information when Mourinho <laughs> when Mourinho talks it's like look this is how we're setting up and I can guarantee you we'll win if you do this 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 mm-hmm. nice clear and simple and I believe that for me personally, Mourinho is is a much better manager, and Guardiola isn't as good as everyone says he is. I can so, go with that, Fanny. You convinced me. There you go. <laughs> so um, on that note, uh, it brings sort of the the close of the show. So thank you very much, Martin, for for being with us today. Um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you, Daryl and Terry. This will be the end of today's show. We'll see you all next week, same time, same place. Peace out.